XL, Charlotte Sports Live. What's up, dog? <laughs> oh, I am mic'd up. I am. Yeah, I am. But that don't matter. I'm like this every day. Wait, Vaughn, he quit? Oh, look at him. Oh. Oh, he quit? You know what I'm saying? I ain't see you. You know what I'm saying? I want this talk from you. I want this lip from you when we put the ball down and we drive. Correll, what size shoe is that, man? 15. Jim <laughs> Staley, he's the first assistant coach to get paid by the word. Yes. This man did not stop talking all night in episode one of The Blueprint. More on that in a second, that behind-the-scenes look with the Panthers. Welcome inside Charlotte Sports Live. Will and Carla here. We also have Grace. We got Mike. We got Gabe. We got Joe. We <laughs> everybody, got everybody. Yes. All of our kids are here, and they're going to join us in a little bit. <laughs> That's right. And do not fret, of course. We know that the NBA draft for the Hornets is in just two nights away. We have a big development there and some insight as to who the Hornets are going to draft at number two. And that may have made a couple of fans angry. You tweeted this out. and yeah. This thing has got 312,000 impressions or whatever Whew. it's called at this People point. People are angry. And... Like nine of them are positive. That's good. good. Yeah. We got to start with the Panthers though okay. tonight, right? We'll talk about that a little bit later. Yeah. Panthers released episode one of their behind the scenes show, Blueprint, tonight. And this is a look at the introduction of head coach Frank Reich, the hiring of some guys on his staff like Tom Capers, Deuce Staley, and Thomas Brown. There's some good practice inside and a lot of Deuce Staley smack talk. <laughs> yes. But also some cool moments like this between wide receiver Adam Thielen and his head coach, right? What didn't you like about it? No, it looked good. Tell me what you think. What if I'm coach me? Yeah, on on a slant. Yeah, on that. I mean, I've always been a diamond release guy, but yeah. but I like the inside. But I gotta I gotta hear. I gotta get you out here. Yeah. And then uh, inside, and then sometimes you get them so bad here that it's like, oh. No, you don't want to get them too bad, right? Yeah, that's good. It's good. <laughs> so. It's, it was fun to watch. Yeah. It, it was a quick, easy watch. Um, I love that by Frank Reich. Like he's not going in there knowing everything. It's, it's, there's no ego. It's okay. Here's what I saw. It looked good to me. But what are you looking for as to why you didn't think it was clean? Right. And to help coach Frank Reich up a little bit as well. And. I, I really like that aspect. Yeah, a true players coach, which yeah. I think most of these coaches are that way. I think the biggest thing that I took away, just it's fun to get the inside information, the inside scoop on this team, obviously. Uh, but you look at just the way that they're kind of throwing it back to all the players that have been there before. They're yeah. really embracing the tradition of who the Carolina Panthers are, and that's the right foot that you want to to start out on you you want to build on the culture that you had there the strong culture you don't want to try to do something different you know and I also love Deuce's competitiveness yes. I love that he <laughs> brings the competitive nature to the drills it's not just here's why we do the drills get through the drills and get get a little bit better it's competing in the drills because then you try that much harder in the drills you you bring that juice to the and that energy to practice as well and it's the good players for are going to buy into that yeah, too, right? They want to be time. a part of it. Obviously, they're having the, all these side conversations, which I know a lot of coaches do that anyway. But there, there's a different feel from the players and the coaches, and just kind of how they're gelling together right now. And you, you heard that when Luke Keekley and Jake Delone were talking. They're yes. like, "Did you go out to practice?" It's way different. I wanted to hear more of what he said after, they and they just kind of cut it there. off. But that would have been a pretty cool conversation. So episode sure. one is out right now. If you want to watch it, get your phone out real quick. You got about five seconds here. Take your phone out and scan that QR code. Okay, it's on QCNews.com. Scan it. It'll take you right where you need to be. 
right now. Good looking graphic, by the way. Nick Claus, um, shout out right. to the dude. <laughs> we, of course, have been talking about it all week, but the NBA draft, like we said, just two days away. And still the Hornets, I mean, they're, they're really choosing between two players for that second overall pick. Brandon Miller brings a skill set that's completely different from Scoot Henderson. But the question is, who is Brandon Miller? Joe Morano now joining us, taking a look down, deep dive into Alabama's powerhouse kid. He entered this college basketball season as the freshman to watch, and Brandon Miller delivered on the hype. In Tuscaloosa, Miller was the decided leader of the Crimson Tide, leading the squad with averages of more than 18 points and eight boards per game, and he also led the team in three-point shooting. His performances led to SEC Rookie and Player of the Year honors, along with National Freshman of the Year and second-team All-American accolades. Alabama went on to win the conference and earn the top overall seed in the big dance last March. But what can Miller accomplish at the next level? At 6'9", his height provides some immediate relief for a Hornets squad that is lacking in big man depth. Charlotte could plug Miller in on the wing on day one thanks to his mobility and range for his size. The defense will require some work. Even if he is the front runner for the second overall pick as of now, adding more strength will be a priority, so he isn't overpowered by similar sized opponents on the wing. Should Miller call the Queen City home, expect his immediate contribution to create his own space and slash to the basket while Lamelo feeds him throughout the year. I'm Joe Morano for Charlotte Sports Live. All right, thanks, Joe. So that's the debate really on Brandon Miller. Obviously, a lot of people still think it should be Scoot Henderson, but this forces us to bring in a CSL favorite, Charlotte Observer beat writer Rod Boone. Back with us. It's good to see you, Rod. How you guys doing tonight? Man, we're good. We got a lot to talk about. Adrian yeah. Wojnarowski, let's start right there. ESPN <laughs> reporter. He said that Brandon Miller's got the inside track to be number two. What says you? I mean, that could be true, but you know, as the Hornets... They don't really obviously tell you what's happening in, in, in their minds right about now. So that seemed like that could be the case. But as we know, it could be Scoot as well because those two guys are the main players to choose from right now. You know, Scoot obviously, the point guard thing and whether he fits with the mellow ball, big question mark, his jump shot. But Brandon Miller, you know, it seems to be an easy fit right now. So that, as of this moment, Miller could be the target. But at this point, who knows? What does your gut say, though? What, what does Rod Boone say about that? I mean, my gut tells me again, it's it's really hard to tell. I mean, the obvious choice is Miller because he just fits so easily. I think people are still trying to question if LaMelo and Scoot Henderson can fit. If that's the case, then obviously the question mark goes for the other guy, Brendan Miller, because he's not he's more of a fit. So if you're asking me right now, the two, it probably is Brendan Miller right now with Scoot Henderson. Who's the better player? Like, isn't Scoot the better player? And this roster is not exactly a winning roster right now. So why not just get all the good players you can because if the concern is LaMelo and who's he going to play with, he's played with Terry Rozier. It's not exactly a match made in heaven from a scheme standpoint. So why not go scoot if he's the best player? That's a good question. I mean, that's the thing the Hornets are trying to figure out here is why they brought those guys in for second workout on Monday because they want to figure out which of those two players is the best fit for them moving forward. And you're right. If scoot is the more, um, you know, uh, physical specimen right now, maybe more have the NBA body ready, then maybe you should go with him. But again, the Hornets right now, it's hard to figure out exactly what they want to do because you're right, the roster is still kind of flawed either way, whether you go with, with Scoot Henderson or Brendan Miller, you got to make some roster moves either way. So it, it's just tough to tell right now which direction they want to go, but but I agree with you, Will. The better athlete could be Scoot Henderson, but the better fit appears to be Brendan Miller right about now. 
So that's the argument for the second overall pick. But the Hornets have several other picks to make in the draft on Thursday night as well. So, Rod, who else do you think that the Hornets could target in this draft? I mean, it depends on what they do, really, with that second overall pick. If they go as a wing player, then maybe they go as, as, as a big man or, or a combo guard. It just depends on that, that, that second overall pick. But at this point, even then, they could trade their picks as well, as we know. The roster, even though it's, it's not, you know, great, it still has very few spots right now. So we have five draft picks and very few spots. Got to make some moves. I'm not sure they're going to draft those guys. So I think it depends on, again, what they do at number two overall. But I was expecting to go out there and try to get somebody who can be a project player who won't be able to play right away because they won't have a spot for them initially. I want to go back to number two real quickly. If you're the general manager, I don't not predicting the future, but – if you're the general manager, who do you pick? Like, what do you think is the right pick for the team? I mean, that's a good question. I've been asked that question for a lot. Uh, a lot of days, a lot of weeks now, it feels like. And really, it's hard to say. I mean, it's really hard to say this guy is the better player. But if you ask me right now, um, again, the easier fit is Brendan Miller. He's the easier fit. You slide him in there and just go ahead. Real quickly, Rod, I just want to know what the sense is around the building because of a lot of changes, obviously, with MJ selling his majority stake in the team, the NBA draft on Thursday. What, what, what's your kind of gauge in the building right now? Uh, still uncertainty. I don't think anybody can really say for sure what's going to happen because this is not something that's previously you know, happened, um, obviously, with the Hornets. You have two new owners who, although people know them, are still coming in, going to have a majority you know, Michael Jordan's still in the building, so we got to still figure out, like, who's in charge. We assume that it'll be, you know, the two new owners, and they'll make the decisions, but we just won't know until we get some clarity there. So I think at this point, it's pretty much, if you're, you know, Steve Clifford, if you're Mitch Kupchak, you have to go out there and have yourself a really good season. Otherwise, who knows what happened going forward. All right, real quick, I want to touch on Miles Bridges. I've talked to some people in the building. They say that they expect... Miles to be back. What do you expect? What do you think is going to happen? And is it the right move if it if it does happen? Well, I've been reporting that for for weeks and months. He's coming back here, so I don't know why that would change at this point. I mean, it just depends to me, just the numbers and both sides figuring out how many years and, and dollars. But I, barring something crazy, he's coming back. Um, from what I can tell, and is the right move? Again, I guess we'll see. But my thing is, again, this is America, right? People get second chances. So even though maybe what he did was not something that people will like, he shouldn't be condemned just for, for, for his actions. So he has to come back here, show contrition, show that he can be um, not only a good player, but a good teammate and a good person. We'll see if it happens. See, I agree with second chances. I just haven't seen anything from him that says, I'm sorry. Like, I haven't seen anything. And that's my one thing. Rod, I appreciate you, man, coming on Charlotte Sports Live. We'll, I'm sure we'll talk soon, and we'll see what happens. What is it tomorrow night? Is it today? No, no two nights from two now. Nights. Yeah. Hey, come nights. soon enough, Rod. You're the man, brother. <laughs> you got it. Thanks, Will. All right, we got more on the NBA Draft when Charlotte Sports Live returns. Mike Lissette and Gabe McDonald sit down with Hornets.com lead writer Sam Purley joining the show. You don't think about, like, being a major league baseball player when you're 15 years old you dream about it but you don't like think you can do it until like you get to the professional side of it really and garrett davala starting pitcher for the knights has had a great month of june so far grace Guerrero is here later with more on the belmont native and a new partnership with joe gibbs racing will put the race team maybe even more on the map than it already is and how does that relate to coach gibbs former team in washington that next on Charlotte Sports Live. We're back in two.
Joe Gibbs Racing is adding some horsepower to his ownership group. JGR announcing today that Josh Harris has become a minority stakeholder in Joe Gibbs Racing. And in turn, Gibbs is now becoming a limited partner in Harris Blitzer Sports Entertainment, who also owns the Philadelphia 76ers and the New Jersey Devils. Pretty soon, they'll also own team Coach Gibbs, the team that Coach Gibbs is most familiar with, and that is the Washington Commanders. No word on just how much of the stake Harris ball. Now, when it comes to figuring out who the Hornets are going to take Thursday in the NBA draft, there's one guy who's met with every prospect, talked with every person possible about this. Yeah, it's Hornets senior writer. It's Sam Perlant. Dude's in the building. He's in everything. He's always asking the first questions at every press conference. And now he's answering questions from Gabe McDonald and Michael Set. Guys. Well, man, Gabe's return to Charlotte Sports Live. It's LeadHornets.com writer Sam Perlant. Sam, how are you doing today, man? I'm good. Thank you so much for having me. How are you guys doing? Appreciate you coming on. All right, what's the draft process like? We're leading up to the draft now just days away. What's that process like for the team, and what's the most exciting part about it? Yeah, it's a, it's a really exciting time right now. I think it's been a long process. I think it's even been longer for the team. Uh, we kind of, you know, I think as fans and, and maybe kind of internally, we start looking at the draft as soon as the season ends. But uh, for Mitch Kupchak and all the scouts and everything in the front office, this has really been a year-round process. So uh, they kind of go... 365 days of the year. So a lot of guys have been coming into the arena, a lot of workouts, a lot of interviews. Uh, they were at the combine last month. Obviously, the lottery was very exciting. So uh, it's a fun process. It's an exciting process. But I think everybody's kind of ready to get to uh, the draft on June 22nd. Now, you mentioned a lot of guys coming in. That is an understatement. None of those guys, you know, there could be diamonds in the rough. Who have you heard that have maybe impressed? Yeah, well, I'm actually not in the workouts. Um, I think I'm more kind of on the outside of the periphery. But uh, talking to, you know, get the chance to talk with a lot of the guys afterwards and, and hearing about their stories and where they come from. And um, obviously, you know, there is a lot of value at the top of the draft, but there's value at the in the middle of the draft, at the end of the first round and in the second round. And um, we've seen, you know, you can find, like you said, diamonds in the rough. And the Hornets have three picks early in the second round, uh, I think actually in the top 11 of the second round. So, very important. You got to do your due diligence. You got to find these guys because uh, you never know. And you mentioned the process starting, you know, long before the season even ends. You have scouts that are on the road all year. Then things really start to get started with the draft lottery and the combine up in Chicago. You were actually in the Windy City this year. What was that like for you, Sam? Yeah, it was it was exciting. Uh, I think this is the third time I've been to the lottery. Um, maybe the first time that we were kind of like had had you know some really higher odds to win it. Uh, and being in that room, it was you know it was exciting as you start. I think everyone saw is when you're watching it on TV and uh, it starts kind of counting down and you know 14, 13, 12, and then you start kind of getting into the numbers that uh, you know the Hornets have potential to get to if if they were to fall. And you can start crossing eight, you cross off seven, you cross off six, and uh, got to that commercial break and crossed off three and and got to two so it was uh you know maybe to be so close it was a little bit of a uh weird feeling but then immediately you're like wow they, they moved up two spots and prospects have been coming in droves to work out so say you're not in them but you're still learning a little bit you know after they go down what types of things are you learning about the prospects to maybe learn a little bit more about them as we live up to the draft yeah, it's, a lot of it is, you know, there's, I would say, you know, a handful of the questions. You're kind of just talking about the workout, talking about what it's like being in Charlotte, you know, what they know about the team, how they see they, they could see themselves fitting in potentially. Uh, and then there's also a handful of questions about sort of their background. You know, if, they've, if they transferred schools, how did going to a different school kind of help your game? You know, what has this process been like for you? What are you learning? Um, we've got guys coming in from all over the country, all different programs, guys that play in the NCAA tournament, maybe guys who won a championship, um, guys that maybe started at a – 
you know, community college and now working out for an MBA team. I, I think that's one of the really cool parts of this process is everybody took a different path to get to this point. Everyone got on a different route to end up working out for the Hornets in some capacity. And um, for a lot of these guys, you know, all it takes is, you know, you might work out 15, 20 times with different teams and it just takes one, just takes one workout to, to make an impression and that can change the rest of your life. So uh, I, I just love learning about all these different guys, where they come from, how they got here and kind of see, you know, their mentality of going through this very exhaustive process and how excited they are to get to the draft. It's It's been really, really cool. So I kind of talk a little basketball, but a lot of it is just kind of getting to know them a little bit, how who they are as a person. Well, the excitement is certainly buzzing. The NBA draft just days away in New York. Sam, we appreciate your time today. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. Well, after a week off from the pitch, Charlotte FC is back, and they're getting some big names back in the field here from the Gaffer deck. Grace Grill with you back here on Charlotte Sports Live. The Knights picked up the win tonight over the Louisville Bats. But tonight we are talking about starting pitcher Garrett Davila playing professional ball not too far from where he grew up. And not only is he playing closer to home than he ever has in his pro career, he's also the closest he's ever been to making a big league roster. From Belmont, North Carolina. There's not many big leaguers that hail from Belmont, North Carolina. Um, I can think of two other ones outside of me. Those being Devin Lowry and Jeffrey Springs. And not only are they all from the same town. All from the same high school. That high school being South Point in Belmont, North Carolina, where Garrett Davila was drafted out of in 2015 by the Kansas City Royals. Don't think about, like, being a major league baseball player when you're 15 years old. You dream about it, but you don't, like, think you can do it until, like, you get to the professional side of it, really. Davila has been on the professional side for the past eight years. And coming out of high school, the development was much more than baseball. I was lucky enough to have some great men uh, teach me baseball and teach me how to be a good man. So now, like, where I'm at, like, as, a, as an older minor leaguer, like, getting to try to help some of the younger kids that come along. And delivers. It's been awesome, just trying to pay it forward, really. And for Davila, things seem to be moving forward. After lots of back and forth from AA Birmingham, he's been able to stay up at Charlotte for the past month now, realizing his shot at making the big league roster now closer than ever. I mean, there's countless guys here that are getting called up. There's guys, friends of mine in other organizations that have been grinding through the minor leagues for six, seven, eight years that are finally getting called up. So it's just, it's more so that. It's watching your friends get finally get called up after such a long time of doing it that makes me see like, oh, I can do this. After a week of international break, Charlotte FC will head out on the road to take on the New York Red Bulls. They will not have Carol Swiderski either, who's still on international duty. However, help is coming in the form of Enzo Capetti and Camille Uzviak, who's been out since mid-May. And this is really the healthiest roster that they've had in quite some time. We are getting there, and uh, I hope uh, for the next uh, part of the season, for the second part of the season, to have the to have the, the one that they call the difficult choice for the coach, which actually is the easiest choice because uh, to choose from everybody available is uh, is a good problem to have so to speak kickoff on saturday is at 7 30. by the way happy birthday to brent bronico today well <laughs> the mayor <laughs> the man has more apparel for himself than anybody i've ever seen i love it brant happy birthday buddy. uh college racing has brought in several drivers to run their xfinity car this season but never an owner until now. Trackhouse Racing owner Justin Marks is getting behind the wheel of the number 10 for the Chicago Street Course. That's gotta be a crown 
Carla, I bet you're gonna do it. Maybe, Next. we'll see. <laughs>